Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Socceraduma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play. Welcome to the show. I am, of course, your host, Sean Roberts. But Kurt Buckerfield joins me. Kurti, how are you? Sean, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am, again, feeling blue. What a game. <laughs> hey? Yeah. Are we, are we going straight into that one? I mean, we have to. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Uh, not as convincing as one would like, but I think if you, judging from a lot of uh, United's um, fans after the game, just the pure disappointment of conceding early, and it's been a sort of uh, common thing this season, and it's very hard to bounce back for United, where previously it has been pretty easy, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I, look, super happy. Um, Gundelan is just from another planet. I believe he's leaving though, which is uh, bizarrely bizarre. Um, but yeah, super happy. And then into the Champions League we go. But I mean, it's uh, what do you think is a red? I mean, Expect it, but not too disappointed, I guess. No, exactly. And I think that so uh, there's two emotions here. Obviously, disappointment, disappointment at the the early goal, disappointment that both goals were kind of freakish, especially. Mm. The second one where it was like a worm burner, a real soft effort yep. with yep. the left foot that seemed to just crawl. I know that it, it took a few bounces, but it seemed to crawl past the hair. Um, and then, of course, that that opening goal after just, I think it was 13 seconds. Ridiculous. So disappointment that those are the kinds of goals we conceded. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also pleased that it took those two kinds of goals to for City to win the game. They didn't really... I don't think at any point City, I mean, look, City, of course, are always going to have all the possession, always going to dominate the ball. They're always going to create chances, but there wasn't anything really, really clear cut. Um, and those two chances you wouldn't even consider as clear cut either. Correct. So I was, I, was, I was pretty pleased with the way that United actually handled City. Um, I was thrilled to, to not have you know, last three or four nil, I think that would have been really, really embarrassing and just totally demoralizing. Um, that would have been a horrible way to end the season. So I was proud of the performance. I think that they did well. I think that towards the end, anything could have happened. We had a few decent chances. Garnacho came on and looked decent. Mm. I think it was McTominay who hit the crossbar with a sort of looped header or deflection or whatever it was. But mm. there were a few moments where it looked like we actually could equalize. So. I was happy with the performance. Um, of course, disappointed not to win and disappointed that City might now go on to win the treble. But um, I think it was solid. And um, Ten Hag, I'm sure, would not have been too disappointed himself. Yeah, I mean, just uh, in the beginning of the game, throughout the game, to see a packed Wembley, blue and red, like the good old days, was just significant. It was incredible. It was, it was great. Oh, wish we were there. Uh, we'll come back to the Champions League. Uh, let's move on to a massive story, Curti. Messi to Miami. I didn't see this one coming. Um, talk to us about it. Yeah, Sean, it, uh, it took me by surprise. It took everybody by surprise. Um, earlier this week, Messi announced that he would be going to into Miami, the team... The MLS side, uh, co-owned by David Beckham, um, he, he wasn't prepared to wait for a formal contract offer from Barcelona when it looked like they were readying one. Um, and it's it's super interesting. There's been a lot of talk, of course, over the last few days. I mean, earlier this week on Monday, before Messi had announced his his move, Messi's dad was in Barcelona to meet with 
um, Barcelona's president. Um, and then while I think making his way from the hotel where they met to his car, he told journalists that he wanted Messi to return to Barcelona and that Messi wanted to move himself. Um, after this, there were a few reports. And this is where people underestimate the game that Messi and his father played, like Messi's camp. Um, a, a lot of criticism has been aimed towards Barcelona, but I think that they played a very, very smooth game in making it look like this was all totally in Barcelona's hands um, because he told journalists that you know his son wanted the move and that he wanted his son to make the move. Um, but journalists in Spain kind of interpreted that um, and Barcelona as a very, very, like, uh, what's the, how did they describe it? They said, Messi's father put on a great show. Mm. In other words, what they were saying was, he was making it look like this is totally up to Barcelona, but it might not have been totally up to Barcelona. Messi probably, I think if he really, really wanted the move, and if he was prepared to to wait a while, probably could have made this 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 transfer back to Barcelona when they sold a few players. Um, so I just thought that that was a very interesting aspect that it's not um, it's not totally black and white. It's not that Barcelona couldn't come up with the funds. They were trying to and they were willing to sell players, but Messi would have have needed to wait maybe two to three weeks, maybe a month. Um, and you understand why he doesn't want to do that after what happened to him. When he left the club in 2021, um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Of course, he's also, you know, in doing this, turned down a massive contract in Saudi Arabia. Um, but it's it's great for the MLS. I've I've read that Apple and Adidas, two big sponsors yeah. uh, of the league in the United States, they've they've uh, contributed to this deal. Um, I'm not sure how. It's very complicated, but yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, it brings an end to an 18-year stay in Europe for Messi at the, at the highest level. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And, and don't forget, I think the biggest pull was, well, he says, I guess, to get his family out of the spotlight, which is, must have been manic over the past 15-odd years. Um, and then also there's an the option that I could see him become a part owner of the football club. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the family aspect was also very interesting. And I think that that's a good angle for Messi to take right now. Mm. Um, because I'm sure a lot of Barcelona fans in Barcelona would have been really excited by the, the talk. Um, but he, in that interview, talked about how he struggled at PSG um, off the field and on the field and how he, he just, quite frankly, didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and Messi has always said, so if you actually look back five, six years ago, Messi said that one day he'll play in America. One day he'll, he'll take his family there where he'll yes. live a slightly more private life. Um, and I think that after this crazy two years where um, he has been booed and jeered and uh, sort of just unsettled in France. They now, you know, plan to make this move where they will find a home in Miami or somewhere there and near about and, and live a more comfortable life um, away from the spotlight. Of course, he will still be in the spotlight, but um, perhaps it will be less of a frenzy when whenever he's in town. So. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's sad to see him leave Europe, but I guess after winning the World Cup, what more is there for him to do? You know, um, he's got nothing to prove. Uh, you just gotta you gotta respect his decision, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess even more respect is due to the fact that he's turned down two mil two billion pounds, um, <laughs> which is which is incredible. He's obviously got more than enough money. Um, I think the Apple sponsorship was that he gets a slice of the subscriber revenues 
from the Apple TV's uh, season pass, however that works, I have no idea, but it must be pretty lucrative. Um, yeah, uh, well done to him. Bellingham to Real Madrid, massive. Yeah. Curti? This is huge. Yeah, it was announced by Dortmund this week that they'd agreed to sell Bellingham to, to Real Madrid. Um, it's really just an incredible story how this 16-year-old who was making history at Birmingham as their, their youngest player ever, as their youngest goal scorer, um, he then becomes the most expensive 17-year-old when he joined Dortmund. Um, I think it was in 2019 or 2020. Um, Birmingham even retired his jersey number and that was ridiculed. People thought that they were probably going a little overboard at the time. Um, and then three years later, as a 19-year-old, he is joining Real Madrid in a deal, I think, worth 103 million euros. Um, so it's safe to say that Birmingham knew what they had. Um, they, they knew how special he was and it had far more to do with, I think, his personality than his, his ability. Of course, he's a wonderful footballer, but yeah. someone who's clearly driven and is clearly destined for, for the top, for, for greatness. Um, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's an ambitious young player who's played at two major tournaments for England already. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it's very, very exciting. It's, uh, I can't wait to see how, how he gets on in Spain. It's, uh, you don't see English players playing outside of the Premier League for the biggest teams very often. No. Um, and it's, it's always fun when we, we get to see it all unfold. It's, um, so he's playing in his third country. Uh, 176 games in his career. He's an international, like you said, with 24 caps. He scored 24 goals and provided 25 assists in three years in Germany and won 480 duels last season. And he's only 19. Early 19 years old. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we, we throw the term around uh, generational very, very often. But uh, I think that this kid has a very special future ahead of him. And uh, if he spends six, seven years at Real Madrid, you can just imagine how how much experience he's going to get. I'm sure one day he'll play in the Premier League. Yeah. I think one day he'll probably either make the move to Manchester City or Liverpool. Mm. Or, but uh, the experience that he's going to get playing for arguably the biggest club in the world, it's, it's going to be huge. Wow. And we will be watching that closely, Kurt, without a doubt. Um, another massive story this week is Benzema to the Saudi League. Another huge, massive contract. And, you know, for someone like him, the right decision, I'd guess. Yeah, it was the right decision. I think nobody saw this one coming. Um, like Messi's move to Miami, um, Benzema had previously agreed to a further 12 months or to another year verbally, yeah. verbally and it was all set. Real Madrid thought that he'd be staying. Um, and then, and get this, and I'm sure you've maybe seen this, but Ancelotti said that Benzema only informed the club of his decision on the day of their final La Liga game of the season. Um, I'm not really sure what the intention was behind that. I think Benzema's always tried to... Also, he's, he's, he's kind of someone who hasn't demanded the spotlight. I think his, his football ability does. But he's someone who was always kind of happy for, for others to shine, which we've talked about in the past. So maybe he didn't really want this over-the-top big farewell mm. um, or this week-long farewell where, you know, Real Madrid throw him a, a bloody party every day before his yes. final game. Um, he, he was, of course, given a farewell at the club after the game um, in the week after. But yeah, it's a, it's a surprising one. He's going to be earning massive 
amounts of money. I think it's 200 million a year at Al Ittihad, who actually just won the Saudi Pro League. Um, and I think it is the right one. Um, he's had a phenomenal five years since Ronaldo left Real Madrid. Of course, he's had a, a great 14-year career at Real Madrid. Yeah. Specifically, um, the last five years have been incredible. He's scored tons of goals. He's won the Ballon d'Or. He's won Champions Leagues. Um, he's, he's done pretty much all he can do. I think over this last 12 months, he's had a lot of niggling injuries and probably feels like it's the right time um, to, to chase the bag as someone who, yeah, has just uh, achieved everything in football. So it's, it's great for him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great move for him. And uh, it's, uh, it's now interesting to see what Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid do in terms of a striker next season because they don't, they don't have one at the moment. It's incredible. He, he played for them 648 times, won 28 trophies, include five Champions Leagues and four La Ligas in 14 years. I didn't realize he was there for so long with Madrid, but they agreed to let him leave his contract a year earlier. I don't know, that's a bit fuzzy because I always thought that the plus one option was a, a verbal, it was a handshake or, or whatever, um, and not in writing. Yeah, so I don't... Look, I think that it could very well have been in writing. Maybe there were a few little details to iron out uh, before it was actually announced but it was agreed between both parties earlier this year it was definitely agreed i remember reading these reports that benzema had committed his future to the club for another year etc etc so I, I do think that it was still up to the club to basically decide whether he can now go back on that um, and whether they'll allow him to so um yeah, I, I'm, it's you know he has a great relationship with the club, with the president, with Ancelotti, with everyone there. So, um, yeah, you when you when you give 14 years of service like he did, yeah. I think um, he's pretty much allowed to do whatever he wants. Guys, can I quickly jump in here and just try to get uh, some answers from you and, and pick your brains with what the Saudi league are are offering to these players? Um, Obviously, Kante is also being rumoured to, to to make his way to, to Saudi Arabia. And Aubameyang as well, apparently, could be joining Pizzo. I'm not too sure how true that is. But what do you make of the, the amounts that the Saudi League teams are, are offering these players? And, and are they, I don't want to say ruining football, but are they are they jeopardising the game? Um, I'll, I'll jump in there. It, it, it's a good question, Aidan. It's a tough one. There's obviously a massive push for the World Cup to be pushed to Saudi. And I guess this is... One of the biggest reasons, in my opinion, I could be horribly wrong, in my opinion, why why they're pushing this uh, to the level that they are. Um, but yeah, you know what? It gets it gets us a lot to talk about, I guess. Um, you cannot blame the players for making these mega moves. Obviously, their back pockets are being filled, and and deservedly so. I mean, you know, you can never blame a player like this. But um, I think it's more for a push for the World Cup and to to get Saudi on the map. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, look. There's something inside of me that doesn't like it, if I'm completely honest. There's something, but but that doesn't necessarily only relate to the money that Saudi are spending. Just the, the kind of money that some people have in general. It'll just always feel weird. It does feel sort of gross to me that someone like Kante, who of course has had a, an excellent career, can go from earning 15 million pounds or euros a year to earning a hundred million a year yeah. and making him one of the highest paid players of all time. Um, so it does feel like that endless 
stream of resources that they have. Um, it, 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 yeah, to me, it just feels wrong. But at the end of the day, like you said, Sean, I can't blame the players when they have an opportunity like that, especially in their 30s. It's an opportunity that I'm sure almost every single one of us will take. Um, and then, you know, consider the plan, consider what Saudi are trying to do, Sean, like you mentioned, mm. with the World Cup coming around the corner. Um, well, with the World Cup bid, I think in 2030, um, they, they're targeting high-profile players, they're targeting World Cup winners, Champions League winners. So someone like Benzema, who's won multiple Champions League, Kante has won the World Cup, the Champions League. They were targeting Messi, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo. They've got a very clear plan as to what they're trying to do to promote the league. So I don't think it will always be this way. And I, I do think that the football heritage that the Premier League has, that Spain has, that European football has, will still almost always be considered the mecca of football. Um, but, you know, for players in their 30s, players who are coming towards the end of their careers, this might be the best option for them. And I'm not sure that Saudi should be criticized for that. I think it's ambitious. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it still always will feel wrong to me, someone walking away with 100 million a year, especially, I'm sorry to say, someone like Kante. But I get it. Right, Cody, moving on to, I guess, the biggest story of the week, without a doubt. Obviously, Man City have the opportunity to become UEFA League champions, champions and obviously treble champions. Um, I didn't realise that uh, Inter boss Simone Inzaghi has won all seven of his cup finals as a manager, <laughs> which is... I woke up to that story this morning. I had no idea about that, but that's... Uh, yeah, look, I'm still very confident, but that's that's huge. Yeah, that is a, a spanner. Um, <laughs> no, look, I um, I'm looking forward to this game for many reasons, obviously, but I do think that Inter Milan are going to give City a, a, a harder game than they expect, or maybe a harder game that other people expect. I'm sure City will go into this game preparing for it like every other final. Mm -hmm. They will take this incredibly seriously, especially considering everything that's on the line, everything that's at stake. But I do think that Inter Milan are being incredibly um, undermined uh, ahead of this fixture. I've seen a lot of people say that it's a comfortable win for City, and I don't think it will be. No. I think that you don't want to play an Italian team in a, in a, in a European final. Um, we kind of saw, I know that you know this, this is international football, but England were considered maybe favourites heading into the Euros final. Um, and just the way that Italy managed that game in 2021, it was. Yes. The way they managed the game, the experience they have, the sort of doggedness. Um, they, they're a, um, a tough bunch, you know. And I think that City are going to have to play really, really well to make that a comfortable win. Um, and yeah, for me personally, of course, I don't want to see City win the treble. Sorry, Sean. Mm. Um, so Thank I'll you. be rooting for, for Inter Milan all the way. But um, why, 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 why? Is that it's coming from a United? Yeah, uh, that's it. Just being a dick. Okay. I'm, no, but but I've, <laughs> look, I'm not one of those tribal fans. I always put football before my football club. I love football stories. I always want the better team to win. I love beautiful football. But there's something inside me that just doesn't want them to win the treble like Manchester United did in 1999. I just don't want it to happen. Um, I feel pretty strongly about that. So I can hear that, kids. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Sean. But okay. how are you feeling? Are you feeling confident? You said you're feeling confident. I'm, f- I'm feeling confident. Um, I read a very interesting article this morning. Um, didn't realize that Inter have had eight clean sheets across 10 Champions League games this season, which, which is also um, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, like Kurt, I think we've spoken about this at length. Anything can happen in a final. So I'm very confident. Um, I'm going with 3-1 to, to the Blues. Uh, what is your score prediction? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I think I think City will win. Let me not be totally ridiculous. I think City will win. I think it'll be two-one after extra time. Sure, from your mouth to God's ears. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, fingers crossed, Cody. We've got a lot to talk about on Monday. Your Monday. fingers will be crossed, not mine. <laughs> uh, Aiden. Obviously, Manchester United were the first British team to win the treble back in 1998-99. Um, should City win the game tomorrow and ultimately win the treble, which team would you say is more iconic? Mm. Mm. Tony, you can take that one. Gee whiz. <clears throat> Great question. I, you know, as much as I can't stand United, um, you, you have to appreciate, and I think since Sir Alex left United, you can only appreciate how, how good he actually was. Yeah, I, I, yeah and, and also, obviously, what's Guardiola's done now with City, but he's obviously had an unlimited bank balance. Um, the, the game is very different 23 years before this. The players are different. They built differently. The style of play is a bit different. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as a City fan, I still have to say what what happened at United back then was iconic in, in any more ways than I know. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Sean. I think that what Pep has done at City and if they go on to win the treble... It, uh, it would be amazing for them uh, yeah. and a huge achievement. And I think, you know, of course, Pep does have uh, unlimited resources. Uh, City can drop 50, 60 on a player sort of in every transfer window. That doesn't take away from the football. That doesn't take away from his ability as a coach. And the fact that I don't think any other coach in world football can get the same product with that team. Um, so I, I really rank Pep as you know one of the greatest coaches if not the greatest coach of all time in terms of his influence and the way that teams try and copy him um and the the sort of um the way he's changed english football um but going back to what sean said i think that what united did in the 90s with with academy players in that side let's not forget um (laughs) is something that i don't think uh you know we should scoff at i think there were five or six academy players in that team and that was famously around the time when it was said that Manchester United or you can never win any anything with kids um, and they, they went on the, to win the treble and uh, Gary Neville, David Beckham, Phil Neville, um, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes all in the side as, as youngsters. Um, that is something that I think should always be held in the, in the highest regard. Mm, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> and that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on snl24.com forward slash Sokoloduma, Google Play, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Kurt the Dirt Bucketfield. Once again, thank you, sir. Cool. Thanks, Shawnee.